2: All right, My Talkers, we're hanging out with Julia and special guest host, Stephanie Hanson's hanging out a little longer over here at My Talk 1071. We're gonna have a little smorgas board of uh, guest hosts today, right, Julia? It's gonna be a
3: reform. <laughs> <laughs> a smorgie.
4: Anyone who's willing to come in and chat for ten minutes, we've invited him Lori. Oh. Uh, yeah. She had to run home briefly to find out some things and a tip of things so we can't say anything, right? Mm-hmm. Can you say stuff? I don't No, know.
0: what we can say is if you're traveling. Yeah, be prepared because there's a lot <laughs> that's, of
4: that's a good crud to going say
0: around. There you go. Yes. Well said. Well said. I'm trying yes. to go to Spain at the end of the month, and I'm just crossing my fingers that I'll get there.
4: Oh, I know. I'm going to New Orleans at the end of next week. Yeah, oh. I haven't been there as an adult.
0: I've
2: never.
4: O M G, because it is the funnest place I, ever. My, my only rem- memory was probably in like 1972 or three. We took the station wagon to um, my cousins lived in Cocoa Beach. Yeah. And we stopped at every Holiday Inn. That's where we'd stay. (laughs) And the Holiday Inn in New Orleans, because I was there as a small, you know, third grader or something, was over my head in the shallow end. I remember thinking, how is this possible? (laughs) Yeah. How (laughs) am I not going (laughs) to drown? Right. And I remember the above ground um, graves. Oh, yeah. Now, who are you going with? Are
0: you going with friends or your guy? I'm
4: going with my hubby and my bro. And... um, my uh, my brother and sister in law.
0: Okay, so you're going to a music festival. It sounds like no,
4: we're not. We're going. We're going to go check out great food. We're going to bar hop. We're okay, going you got to gotta go to Commander's Palace, huh?
0: You have to go to Commander's Palace. Okay, you have to. What's uh, that
4: now? Because that's It's a t- restaurant.
0: Okay. Um, everywhere you go in New Orleans is awesome. That's what I hear. But you, there are some things you sh- like. Madame Laveau is the psychic on oh. the main street. She's fun. And taking a ghost graveyard yes, tour—that's one thing I do. It's fun go. because you get to see the Nicholas Cage sphere, or no Sphinx? What is Isn't it? That, it's a triangle. Yes. Um, yeah. What is that called when you have a triangle? A pyramid. Pyramid.
4: I'm like, it's not a sphere. Sphinx, that's round. A sphere a
0: <laughs> is a lion. No. Um. um that's fun. And a food tour. I did a food tour in New Orleans. Yes, and I found the person on travel uh, travel
4: advisor. Yes, and or trip Advisor. and it was fun. I'm ex- I'm so super excited. And Lori's outlook. She has an Android phone, and I have an iPhone.
0: My aren't her, we done with her Android phone no, yet? I, I mean, it has <laughs> caused this show her, so much trouble.
4: Her, well, we'll see if she gets into our show today. <laughs> she was sent home with equipment. Let's yes. just leave it there. Um, but. Her, her weather predictor, it's so funny, is so positive compared to my negative iPhone weather. Hers is sunny, everyday, high 80s. Mine is 50% chance of rain, cloudy, 30% chance, 30%. It's so funny. That How kind different. of explains
0: a lot about Lori.
4: It's her. Everything's sunny on her phone and in her life. I love yeah, it. Yeah, and <laughs> she
0: doesn't have an ounce of time for your negativity because I've heard it. I'm the negative Nancy of the duo. <laughs>
4: She just, she's funny. Are we getting
0: all our negative energy out? Get it out. Get it out. Before your fair, I remember, she have two more days of negativity before we go to the fair. I I thought the fair was a blast Oh, you guys were fun. You know, I thought it was too, but I will say I had an observation about it and it must have been like since pre-COVID time. Like, didn't it feel like the fair had professionally arrived this year. Oh,
4: everything about it. Like, in, the on entrances, all fronts. Yes. The change in the entrances. The, the more, security. Yes.
0: The amount of people at the grandstand. The way that they did the food lines. Like, everything felt like it had all come together. It in was this. no longer
4: a county fair. Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes. It was really... They did such a nice job.
0: Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying. Like, it... And maybe that slickness of it i guess maybe had a little different feeling but it really felt like wow we've arrived like this is a two million plus fair
4: wasn't it grant went every day but one i loved your
0: um when you guys sang at the karaoke place oh and Lori (laughs) just danced and
4: it was great it's yeah here's something to be seen in saint paul right now and this kind of driving me crazy because We grew up, you know, when prancing was in, walking and hopping like a deer. Skip, yeah. And there was videos, and it was an exercise routine. Prance the night away. Well, in St. Paul now, they have this thing called wancing, (laughs) and it's walking and dancing. And literally, it's a thing. It's a thing. And um, they started it on Grand Avenue at the Caribou Coffee um, on Grand and Dale. Yep. You know that one. Right by my old house someone came by with a big boom box playing. Ah, I just want to dance with somebody or something like that. And they have like group meetups now on Wednesdays that on grand Avenue. Um, the next one is September 20th at five 30 in the afternoon. And um, is it a wance off? It's a wancing. <laughs> they walk and wance and the music follows them. And it's just because I'm telling you, there are things that just make you smile. Yeah, this is cool. And, Singing out loud, being uncomfortable out loud in front of people makes you laugh in a way. And watching funny people be comfortable doing things you'd be so uncomfortable doing. Mm-hmm. So they're wancing on Grand Avenue.
0: Maybe this will revive Nicolet Mall. If we close the mall and we just have wance-offs.
4: <laughs> and they said we can they all used to do together. this on Nicolette. Really? Yeah. Wow. They said, And somebody even actually did. Um, the woman who set this up is from Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And um, she had even a TED Talk, the Oshkosh TED Talk. <laughs> well, and it's wanserevolution.com is the website. I double dare everyone to do this. It's wanstastic. It is. And it's it's bringing back the old boombox. Yes, it's not with using the strut. digital technology. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm having a problem right now with some things on my phone. So I'm listening to CDs in the car. <laughs> and, it's, and it's an old Garth Brooks one. It's funny because. the. the I, my,
0: okay, I still have like a clock radio, but it died. And everyone like uses like an alarm on their phone, but I need to get up and go into another room to turn off the alarm because that's how I will actually wake up. If it's just on my phone, I'll just snooze. So it died and I've had it for like 30 years. So I went into the basement and found in a guest room a little clock radio that has a CD inside it.
4: Listen. And I was like, oh, yes, I could bring back my CDs." I, I'm telling you, I have such a collection because a bunch of people and Lori included gave me a bunch of theirs because I bought a CD player at the cabin because I'm so sick of relying on satellites mm-hmm. yeah. and everything to work. Yep. And I the CD, though, this is the thing we learned. They're only 72 minutes long mm-hmm. because that's all the longer there. And that feels a little short when you're listening to a playlist. Yep. In the moment but it's doable. It works.
2: That's true. So on that same note, my, it works. Mo- my mom brought up a great thing, and I think you'll appreciate this as a person who loves to be in the kitchen. My mom and dad are moving into a new condo in the end of the month, and we have, you know, those like kitchen bows, like underneath the yeah. My mom looks at me and she's like, you think I could buy a new one of those for the condo? I'm like, mom, I don't think they make those anymore, but we could easily bring this one right over, but it's got the CD player. It's got a radio built into it and a a digital clock. And she loves, she loves it. She loves it. So to that same note, I know. And remember
4: all of our docking station radios, for um, when we first got our iPod. we had the iPod, iPod. Oh, Nanos. Yes. <laughs> All the different sizes. And I get like the plastic to make it smaller or bigger where you put it in. You know, Yes. The Nano. or I have two shovels. I have two <laughs> shovels. I still have mine too, Julia. I have, my, I have my old school big one.
0: I Mine are in a, a Ziploc bag like waiting for that technology to come back or I, I don't know. know. And yeah. you could put like 3,000 songs on oh, one little thing. They were
4: great. I know.
0: And when you would run, like you could just, yeah. It, there are some things I will say. Um, Kurt bought me a car, and it's a really nice
4: car, but it's like recently. Yeah. Well, what did you get for crying out loud? I don't that doesn't say come up in normal conversation. <laughs> well, I might say, but by the way, Kurt bought me a car. Where did he get you? She,
0: come on. He got me like some hybrid Mercedes thing.
4: Oh, hey, yeah. Heck yeah. yeah. You love it? nice.
0: It's too fancy. Oh, it has so many fancy buttons but and things. <laughs> and I'm like, I just want to go to radio. And if my phone's plugged in, then it's playing on my and there's like six ways to do everything, including turn on the windshield wipers.
2: Oh. I get it.
0: I was you like, have to can use
4: I use a screen for everything? Yes. Or this? Oh,
0: I don't like those. And there's a trackpad. Oh. oh, yeah. I'm just like, can we? It's like we? a computer. Yeah. I said, how about, I said, can we just switch cars? <laughs> <laughs> I'll drive your old car. Right. It's just like, I just want to listen to the radio or a podcast on my phone, and I know how to do that, and life is short. I don't need to spend all this time learning these new things.
4: I feel like it's going to go back, though, to buttons. It should. Yeah. Legally, because- it
0: should. Like, I, it doesn't make sense for me to try to be scrolling and finding my talk 1071. And then the I get to WDGY too, because that's on our HD2. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not paying attention when I'm doing all that. Like, I should be driving. Right. right? It's-, it's getting problematic. People not paying attention and driving. Did you guys see the video that was on Twitter today from no. Mindot? Someone on Highway 36 that literally was like straddling all the lanes then drove into the median on the grass down like um sure. uh like what uh, a race car driver through like the median oh, and God. then back up onto the highway and just and like, carried on it's so odd it goes on for miles i mm. don't know they must have been having an episode or on something or whatever but like, this is what it feels like driving when you're going between <laughs> Minneapolis and St. Paul. It's like oh. the gauntlet. You never know what you're
4: going to get. That's true. I, and and it might come at you from the right lane fast and hard. Oh, yes. So, coming in hard. Yeah. Coming in fast. All right. We're going <laughs> to. Can you hang out for a little? Sure. Sure. So sure, right. we find out if
0: Lori's equipment is working. We're gonna, They're working on it
2: right now. i We'll method, figure yeah. all
4: that out. Um, this is Lori and Julie on my talk with Stephanie Hanson and Grant. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back.
2: Grant here for Hoffman Weber construction. They're your licensed. That's the keyword, licensed hometown experts for over 30 years when it comes to siding, windows, roofing, doors, gutters, and even solar. Now, a while back, Mike and the team at Hoff and Weber, they had a show here on Sundays at My Talk, and now they are back here to talk to you guys about how they can help you out with a home exterior facelift. Now, about a month ago or so, we had some severe weather come through the metro area, and it really did some damage to some roofs out there. And your roof may be one of those. So you should definitely give Jason and the sales team a call or just reach out to them at HW Construction and set up a quick 30 minute consultation. They'll come over, take some pictures of your roof and the best part is all you have to do then is simply call your insurance company to set up the claim, which just takes a couple minutes and they will take it all from there. And if you want to see what the shingles would potentially look like, they have a beautiful showroom right in New Brighton off of 35W that's kid and dog friendly so you can bring the family along. And like I said earlier, the biggest thing is, is they're going to handle all the headaches that come with dealing with your insurance. No one wants to do it and Hoppin and Weber Construction will. So reach out to them at hwconstruction.com to start your Home exterior facelift.
4: Okay, so we all, you know, saw the devastation that happened in Maui after the fires, and um, we're really kind of thrilled that um, Oprah Winfrey and The Rock, two people who have um, lived in Maui, I think The Rock, I don't know that he's from Maui, but from some Hawaiian island, and um, set up this fund for people that initially they each put in $5 million of their own dollars. Yep. And they, um, it figured out the math that everyone who was affected would get $1,200 cash Mm -hmm. a month. And then they put out, we probably only have to play the second um, audio piece here, Grant. And that they, they thought, why don't other people, if you all, if we all put in money, this is just a great way. Because when disasters happen, people are afraid, where does the money go and blah, 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 blah. And we did our diaper fund. Yep for immediate need for women and children to have supplies that you may need for, um, you know, women issues or diapers or whatever it is. And we knew it was exactly going directly to the people who were affected. So she was excited, The Rock, and um, Oprah went on, I think they did a TV or they did an Insta or whatever, ad saying, we're really excited about putting this together and we hope that you can also donate. Well, the backlash was incredible, Um, from people and she said she initially got this idea from dolly parton Mm -hmm. yeah after dolly parton set up a fund i can't remember i think it was the wildfires that affected the area that she's from in tennessee that were crazy and out of hand and she didn't know what to do and she asked other people you know if you all feel it you can donate a little please you know but it was so negative that gail king oprah's bff had Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. And Oprah, I think was so shocked. So here's Oprah's reaction Mm -hmm. to just all the negative feedback.
0: Yeah, I was so excited. I got up the next morning and I saw all of this vitriol and I was like, Whoa, what happened here? So this is what I want to say. I want to say that, you know, I think, uh, in the beginning, so many people were calling asking where do we give our money to where do? so I thought I'm gonna give people a place I'll to create. Be- we're gonna create something. And I still think it's a really strong idea. Yeah. Dolly Parton was right. Putting money directly into the hands of the people yeah. is a significant thing, and the model that's been created, I will say that as of today, twenty two hundred people have been cleared and verified, and those people are gonna get a notice from the people fund of Maui and going to have the money And it's for working. To it made now.
5: me deeply mad. It made you deeply sad. It made me sad yeah, that and we're and at this state in our that, country, right. you
2: know? Right, right. right. Yeah. No, everything, everything leads to this kind of polarization, even, yep. even serving other people. But here's the point. Here's Oprah's point. If you take your time, your money, your resources, your life, and you give the love that other people need, especially in their times of need, yep. that is the secret of happiness. Yep. Because yep. Happiness is love.
4: Can I ask a question? Yep. And the other voice is this um, gentleman that she co-authored a book with that she's been working on about happiness.
0: Here's the question. Uh Why was the vitriol and what was the vitriol about?
4: I thank you for asking that because um, so many people said, you're a billionaire. Why aren't you doing this all on your own? You're a billionaire. Why wouldn't you just donate a billion? You've got all this money. Why are you asking us for money when we don't have money? Just really not like. We're in this together. Um, and I do say maybe in the messaging up front, people, first of all, everyone, if they can think of a negative thing to say about anybody, it's there, whether you like it or not. I mean, everyone can find fault right now in everyone for everything it feels sure. like. And so
0: and it, can I just state the obvious? Yeah. Is it because, I mean, Dolly Parton is a white woman and Oprah Winfrey is an African-American woman. Does that play into this? I never even thought that for half a second, but I don't know. Because we see, you know, Dolly Parton as rags to riches and made her own way, and of course, but there's the story about, you know, her family from the holler and her pulling herself up by her bootstraps. We see that is. Do people see that differently? Even though the story is the exact same. Don't get me wrong. I know it's the exact same. I
4: never even thought that, Stephanie, for half a second. So I'm really sad if that's the truth.
0: I am too. But it's the only thing I can think of in everybody always wants two pounds on Oprah because she's so rich and she's made so much money and she lives in Montecito and blah, 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 blah. But I mean, a lot of people are celebrities and a lot of people still do good work. So mm-hmm. why are they targeting her?
4: I don't know. It's, it's I don't a wonder. Know. Maybe 5 million wasn't enough. It should have been 20 million. I don't I don't know. It's never enough. There's
0: There's so much need in our oh, country and yeah. so many people that are suffering. Any help is help, right? Yeah.
4: Yeah, I just, I guess I never even thought that, but I, it's so disappointing.
0: Yeah, it is disappointing and sad. I can see why she's profoundly saddened by yeah. the
4: whole thing. And this new book that she put together with this guy from, oh, I don't even know if he was Harvard or Prince, some, some guy, but he studied happiness for so long and it's not about what you have. It's, it's about
0: what, what you do and how it's you about feel.
4: What you do and how you feel in any moment. Absolutely, and, if, and that is the true meaning. And it, and maybe you know, maybe we can all find that today. And I hope. I'm happy that you stayed <laughs> when my partner at ten to three left because of, we don't know. You know, yep. you know why. And now we we have a very exciting author on. I want to thank you so much, staff. You bet. for hanging have out a great with day, us. you guys. Thank you so much. Hey everybody, it's Julia here for Minneapolis Anti-Aging and Skin Clinic, affiliated with Minneapolis Plastic Surgery. And one of the philosophies about um, Minneapolis Anti-Aging is basically, we're not going to try to sell you on all these great new procedures and everything unless we've tried them themselves. Find out that they truly work and know that you're going to have results and um amy sent in a testimonial about how much she loves going to see Teresa, and she's been seeing her for 10 years and she absolutely her sunspots are gone she's minimized her wrinkles she feels so good about what they've been doing to help her take care of her skin and they can do this for you too and all new customers um if you spend a hundred dollars on a service you get um fifty dollars off after that which is wonderful The way to get a hold of them, they've got locations in Maple Grove and in Golden Valley, is at, go to MyTalk1071, type in anti-aging, tell them Lori and Julia sent you, you're going to love
1: them. Welcome back everybody,
4: thank you. We've got a double edition this week of the LoJ Book Club or Lori and Julia Book Club and we are absolutely delighted to have Sarah DeVellio on with us. She has written a broad, the book Broadway Butterfly in the name I just absolutely love, The Jazz Age Thriller. And this was deemed um, Entertainment Weekly's best book of the summer, AARP's hot summer read, and it's been raved, rave reviews everywhere. So welcome, Sarah, to my talk. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. Absolutely. What an amazing book. Um, why don't you give everybody the setup of this Just books that'll blow everyone out of their seats, I think. Well, I'm so excited to
1: talk to you about it. So this is the true story about a scandalous flapper named Dot King, who is found murdered in her bed in March 1923. And the investigation kicks off an unbelievable set of true events. And the ramifications from the investigation ripple from the gangster underworld all the way up to the White House, if you can believe it.
4: And, um, and I can't wait to take readers on this wild and true ride. And it is. And it is. And it's, it's, it's a true story. I mean, I was reading that you researched this for 10 years. Yes, ma'am, I did. I spent...
1: Um, I spent almost a decade of my life in uh various libraries w- from the new York Public Library, the boston Public Library, the um Woodrow Wilson presidential library, the j p Morgan Library, as well as rare books collections in uh, universities such as uh pennsylvania university <laughs> columbia university uh, My research took me to some far flung and
4: fascinating places what How did you even get the the hear about you know dot king how did what started this you know kind of obsession and research um, to write this amazing uh, true crime novel Oh, my gosh. So it's a crazy story, and it kicked off on a very ordinary day, which was the day after
1: Thanksgiving 10 years ago. I was home in Philadelphia with my family, and, you know, the day after Thanksgiving there's not a lot going on. You're just sitting around eating leftovers. Yes. And so that's what we were were doing, having our leftover turkey sandwiches and, you know, reminiscing about family memories. And my uncles started to reminisce that after high school back in the 1960s, after – High school let out, they used to sneak over to the old Stotesbury estate where they would sneak cigarettes and have and have beers and uh and that back in the day this you know this once grand estate had since been demolished in the 1980s but back in the in the 60s and since the time it was built in the 1920s this was a grand gilded age estate and actually the third largest private home in the united states it was bigger even than the white house wow a hundred it had hundred and forty-seven rooms, twenty-eight bathrooms, twenty-four fireplaces, its own ballroom, its own radio station, its own movie theater. It was this incredible gilded age estate, and it was you know something like out of Downton Abbey. And the uh, this once grand estate had been completely demolished, but there were still ruins uh, available to be seen in people's backyards. Oh, so my really? Family and I, wow caravan over there. And there in the middle of the Philadelphia suburbs, you know, right between the Subarus and the tulip beds were these 50 foot tall pu- pillars, you know, going up into the sky to nowhere or a set of, you know, beautiful stone stairs in the middle of a field going nowhere from nowhere, just a beautiful full set of stairs. And it was so weird to see these headless statues of Diana and Zeus and all these beautiful ancient ruins um, that I had to know more. And then I found out that this once great mansion was connected to an unsolved murder in Manhattan in New York city. And I just
4: knew I had to tell that story. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And how did your family deal with you during this time? <laughs> <laughs> with a lot, of, a lot
1: of patience and a lot of encouragement. You know, my, my aunt warned me. She said, this sounds like a big story. This yes. may take 10 years. And I said, "No, it'll take me one year." But of course, my aunt, my aunt Joan is always right. So I should have, I should have known she'd be right again, and she sure was because it's a big story, it's a complicated story, and um, you know, and the murder is just too crazy to make up, which is what I love about true stories. I think Mark Twain was right. You know, truth is stranger than fiction, and I love that. Oh right. My- you never know it's a true story
4: because it reads like a regular mystery. One hundred percent, like a thriller. Um, and you know, you channel Julia Hartman, who's an ace crime reporter from the New York Daily News, who chases the story. And we're talking in 1923, a woman journalist, mm-hmm. and everything that she had to go through to try to even get to some sort of truth.
1: Yes, exactly. And Julia is, oh, I just love her so much because she is so brave and so amazing and so courageous. So, Julia Hartman is, you know, a real person who should be known by everyone because she's one of the pioneering women of journalism. She's one of the six pioneering of women of journalism. And every woman who works in journalism today, you know, stands on her shoulders in some way because she really blazed that trail for women and became not only the lead female crime reporter, but just the lead reporter full stop among all the reporters um, in New York City and really the world. And you know th- this this woman is a is is someone whose career should be taught in history of journalism classes right. should be should be known in the halls of the history of journalism and yet she's been completely forgotten by history and so i was so excited to bring this extraordinary woman's story
4: and life and career to light because everyone should know about her she's just so cool this is so amazing okay so my radio partner had to go home and she's working from home and lori can you hear us I, I can hear you guys. I'm I'm loving this
5: conversation. First of all, Sarah, your book, Amazing. Broadway Butterfly, is absolutely fantastic.
4: Oh, thank you so much, Lori. You can hear. Her. Okay, so we're on four different pl- parts of the world right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I mean, here's the
5: thing, Sarah. You know that I I, I love a true crime novel, but I also love a police procedural thriller and because your characters with Julia and Dot and the many other amazing characters that are happening in 1920s New York City they come to life and all I can see is the limited series in my mind I've been frantically casting.
1: (laughs) Oh well thank you so much, Lori. So who do you who do you see in the role? I love well, this idea. Well, <laughs> um,
5: Sydney Sweeney could be Dot King. Ooh, I love it. And I kind of want um, Carrie Russell and her her husband Matthew Reese. Um, yes, to be Julia and Peg, her husband.
1: <gasps> oh my gosh! <laughs> yes. Oh, we've lo- I've loved them since the Americans. Yes, and yes. oh my god brilliant yes oh that's such a great idea I love that but but I do think that's because
5: your book is I mean it is going to be hands down one of our best books of the year it just reads it it just is a real thrill to read and 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 I'm glad to know about dot king and also that the phrase sugar daddy originates with dot king
1: how well first of all lori thank you so much for your incredibly kind words i am so honored to be to be among your top books of the year <laughs> what a, what a thrill for me thank thank you both so much for reading this and for and for loving the story and typecasting it in your head um, i absolutely this is just so cool and so fun um, and yeah when i found out that the term sugar daddy and of course it's co-related role um, sugar baby, were from this case. I could not believe my eyes because that's a term we've all heard, we all know, we've all used, and yet I had no idea it was from the people that I had been researching until I until I found out that that term had never been. Written had never been printed before this case came to light. Now, the term was used informally in New York City in the very chic, fabulous Broadway community. But it was it was used verbally, you know, because sugar meant money the way that we also say, oh, she's got a lot of dough. She's got a lot of sugar, you know, mm-hmm. she's got a lot of money, but. But no one had ever put that word into print. And, and in you know, and that word, just terms a hundred years later are still in our cultural vocabulary because of Dot King, because of her sugar daddy, Mr. Marshall. And I just think that's so cool that even if you don't know Dot King, you do know Dot King because you know the term sugar daddy. It's, right. that, is,
4: that is really cool, Sarah. Isn't that so cool? Yes. Really? It, I love it. Yeah. And you, you know, I want people to know, too, that you are... Um, you know, you're a true crime novelist and a host of the mystery and thriller Mavens, which is a Facebook yeah. group um, group. And um, you have on a lot of, um, you know, you have talked to Patricia Corma, Lee Child, um, Ruth Ware, one of our favorites, Karen Slaughter. And yeah. you have this group If people who want to find out more about it. You can go to Facebook and find out about that as well. So you're you're busy. Yeah.
1: Oh yes, but you know what, I love and like like you, Julia and Lori, you know, I love mysteries. I grew up on Nancy Drew and I get the Christie yeah. and you know, P D. James and all these great, you know, and I I love everyone you just named, you know, Ruth Ware, Patricia Cornwell, Lee Child, all these greats, um, and so many more. And so it's been it's so fun. So every Monday I do, you know, for hashtag mystery Monday, because Mondays can be murder, um, I interview <laughs> authors and yeah you can you can come join our facebook group it's op- free and open to all mystery and thriller mavens you can learn more about it at mystery and and we just love to talk about mysteries and
4: writing so come hang out for sure i love that i love that all right we have to ask you we're running out of time here the book again is broadway butterfly a jazz age thriller <laughs>
5: Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S., the person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends.
2: Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel.
4: Sarah Devillo, And um, we have to ask you, what's the last great book that you read, Sarah? Oh, my goodness. So this is a tough question. It's Sophie's Choice over here. But I have
1: two incredible recommendations. So The Puzzle Master by Danielle Strasoni, absolutely brilliant. So anybody who loved The Da Vinci Code, my research-loving nerdy girl heart, just loved that book. And then another fabulous one called "The Leftover Woman" by um, by Jean Kwok. Oh my god,
4: these are my two favorite books of the year. I just absolutely love these. Books. Okay, oh, I love this. I love it that you gave us two. <laughs> the leftover <laughs> <I> woman. <laughs> it's your first of all. You have such great energy, Sarah. Oh, thank you. I'm just so excited to talk to P- to you, Julia, and and Lori to talk about <laughs> my fellow book lovers, and
1: it's so great to meet you too. And. And Julia, as a woman in journalism, you,
4: you know, get Julia Hartman. I you do. Understand. That's it. We're, we're loose. We're loose journalists here at my talk, but we love to read and we are passionate <laughs> about your book and so delighted and hope we talk to you when, when your next book comes out, is it going to take 10 years? Are you going to go so deep or are you going to try something different? Um,
1: yeah. <laughs> Julia, I hope this one goes faster um because i think this one will go much faster because you know when i started broadway butterfly a lot of the archive newspaper archives weren't digitized right now everything's digitized and now i know so much more about the 1920s so hopefully this one will take me much shorter than than 10 years now and i would love
4: to come back and talk with you too it's been such a pleasure you you two are awesome oh thank you so much and shout out to megan BD too we love her Um, we, yeah, she is. Thanks so much for your time. Again, the book is Broadway Butterfly. This is one you are going to devour and want to pick up immediately. And for our listeners right now with us, we do have two copies to give away. If you give us a buzz at 651-641-1071 for the rest of you, Broadway Butterfly by Sarah DeVillo. Thanks, Sarah. Thanks, ladies. Absolutely. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Gloria and Julia here with Ann Tressler of Tressler Law. We've been getting some questions from our listeners about divorce, Ann. And one listener asked us, what if my child doesn't want to live with me?
3: Well, we have a saying in family law, and that is that when children reach a certain age, and that can kind of vary, there's nothing in our state laws, but as they get to kind of like 13, 14, 15, they can have a voice, but they don't have a choice. Think of it this way. If your child suddenly said, I'm not going to school, you don't let them make that decision. So they'll have some input on what type of schedule there might be, but they're not going to be the final judge on the issue. And what about moving out of state? Moving out of state is not an easy thing. It's really a case-by-case basis. I would encourage someone to talk to an attorney about it. But our laws really encourage, as long as both parents are actively involved, that the parent-child relationship is priority. So moving out of state without the other parent's consent is pretty tough.
4: For a free one-hour divorce consultation, go to trustlerlaw.com or use my MyTalk keyword divorce. Welcome back, everybody. I think people around here are having mild heart attacks, huh? We're trying to coordinate in St. Paul and St. Paul and New York and every other studio possible. Um, uh, Lori's going to try to turn her ironing board around. (laughs) So she's going to be back with us in just a second. In the meantime, um, I've asked Q, who's our digital media specialist and our social media specialist, and I don't even know what other titles you have, Q, but I find myself being incredibly jumpy about getting help from customer service these days in the lieu of yesterday we just talked about the huge takeover of all the MGM properties computers via what someone's LinkedIn account said and they called and were able to sneak through the system and get online and just breach data and all these other things and today I was having personally a problem myself Personally, myself is the same thing um, <laughs> with my Apple Music. So I'm in my car, and every time I'm like, play Taylor Swift's greatest hits or play uh, Jimmy Buffett's greatest hits. You know, and I keep trying to do it, and I keep having these air, air, airs. So today, I contacted Apple Support, and... Um, then they it goes down a whole thing, and it's very hard to make an appointment, blah, 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 blah. But I end up, the person I'm talking to wants to share my screen, which means they can mirror what I have on my phone at the same time or up on my iPad pad or my computer at the same time. And I just said, I don't trust you. And that's so goofy, um, but I'm so afraid right now that anyone can tap into our data, and I know I'm being over-the-edge, n- nervous Nelly. And just to backtrack, that Broadway Butterfly book is so good. You guys are going to love it. Now, back to my neurosis about <laughs> customer service. Am I being, you know, there's just so many ways people are scamming us that I feel like I can't trust anything.
3: Yeah, and I would say that it's like, right, there are two ends to this spectrum that I come from. One is being cautious is important, and it can really help you out in the long run. And there's a reason to be cautious, right? Right. And more and more, I mean, now more than ever, there is less customer service representatives, so you feel even more hesitant to give your information to just an automated system, a chatbot, right. or, you know, speak your last four of your social into this. Never.: no. Yeah. Because all these companies are just cutting jobs, cutting jobs, cutting jobs. And when we used to be able to talk to another person on the end and be able to at least have faith in a, a real voice. Right. Now that doesn't exist anymore. And it either feels like you have to jump through hoops to get to a like speak to a representative. You're just yelling in the phone trying to talk to a real person or that person doesn't exist. And you just have to go through these digital methods. And it's really frustrating. However, on the other end of the spectrum, I am, as I said last time I was on the show with Lori, I'm the office teenager. You are really up in the digital competing
4: with Loring. She did not come up in the digital age.
3: <laughs> <laughs> we have run into that from time to time. Yeah. So I am more tr- I am more trusting of technology generally because I'm comfortable with it. I grew up with it. Right. And I feel like I have a really good, I also studied it in college, right? So I have a, I think a deeper understanding of it, but I'm still hesitant as well. Uh, but I think that like, it's really hard to learn about what you can trust, what you can't trust and just being willing to jump into it. Because there are so many stories that you hear about of scams and people hacking and your information being out there. And as much as our information probably is already out there, you don't want to spread it even more.
4: Sure. Right. So, and you gave me an example of this one. I ended up calling Apple, Mm -hmm. but then I'm like, are they really Apple? I mean, this is just gross. But so basically you kind of said, if you call a number versus a number calling you, You should kind of be able to trust that, right?
3: Yeah. I mean, do your due diligence. And I think that if you are seeking help and you look up a number and you know where you're getting that number from, like if you're an Apple, I think generally is very good at their security. They put a lot of investment into securing their digital network. Now, nothing is perfect. Right. But I think they do a good job. And so if you're calling Apple, you know you're talking to someone from Apple. Whereas if you get a random phone call from someone
4: who says they're Apple,
3: who says they're (laughs) Apple, that's when I that's sure. when I okay. would even be hesitant because okay. then you have to say, well, where is this number coming from? Is it a California number? Is it a one eight hundred number? There are all these questions and there are people that try to call and scam.
4: hmm. OK, so what are other examples that you hear from people besides just Lori and I around the office? You know, because everyone's having problems with the apps and where the tickets come to 14 different apps and that kind of stuff.
3: Yeah. And honestly, it seems like the more that these companies get bought and sold and are owned by the same group, it becomes more difficult. Right? I feel like there are less and less players in the game.
1: Mm-hmm. There
3: are these few companies that own everything and somehow it's more complicated. I think because they don't want to seem like their big brother. They don't okay. want to seem like it's all them. Right. So then you have to do all this cross password sharing and it gets frustrating, but um yeah, there's not
4: there's not a lot is there like a I mean I know this is really stupid and but we're everything entertainment and when you can't be entertained by your phone or play your own music it's upsetting (laughs) so is there like a basic one-on-one class or something that you think people should take just to get up to speed on scams or up to speed on? is there a trustworthy something that you believe in
3: you know that's a really great question I don't think there is To my knowledge, and I'll do a little research on it, and if I come up with something, I'll jump back on, but I don't think there's a great resource for what I call digital literacy, which I think is really important to learn, teach kids in school and as a parent, like teaching someone how to navigate the internet, what is reputable, what to look for. Those are things that now that, like, the analog is gone yeah. and it's all digital, those are going to be things that are really important going forward.
4: We were, last week, we were talking to our listeners about what do they think the needs to be taught in high school. Digital literacy totally came up. Yeah. Like, because people are like, we need to know more about everything because it's changes so quick, too.
3: It does. And it's more than just, like, knowing how to use it, right? It's like actually being able to understand it, digest it, and know what you're doing as opposed just... To being able to navigate it those are two different things and a lot of people are focused on just being able to use their phone but they don't understand like how to look at who the author of a website is who's the publisher of the website where their information is going that's all deep-level stuff
4: well I appreciate this so basically if you call them you can Feel. I would say if
3: you are That's a basic. You call I know them, people
4: are probably listening like Julia, how are you so No, blonde? I think
3: hey, you are <laughs> speaking to a lot of people out there. A lot of people have that same frustration.
4: I appreciate this and if you do think of something please share it with us and I appreciate your help today and everyone else's help around here grants.